0: You're listening to the Leaf Report with Canadian Press national hockey writer Jonas Siegel and the athletic TO's James Myrtle. Okay, James, we are doing kind of an unscheduled podcast. Leaf Report podcast brought to you by Babsocks. Visit babsocks.ca, which I did. I have to get some green Babsocks.
1: Visit the store.
0: If yeah, you I go can do to the that.
1: store and say, I'm Jonas, they will. They'll give you a big box of socks.
0: No, I want to pay for them. And well, you can pay them. They're too. a gift.
1: Yeah, those guys are great, though. Yeah. Go
0: see,
1: go see the Bab Sox guy at their store on Mount Pleasant. Tell them that you love the Leaf Report.
0: They'll, they'll give you a discount. <laughs> they will. Okay. Uh, well, so we want to do a podcast for a few different reasons. One is the big one around the Leafs right now, which is the biggest contract commitment. ...under the Brendan Shanahan era... ...outside Mike, of... Other, the, ...other than Mike Babcock... ...outside of Mike Babcock's eight-year, $50 million deal. That's Nikita Zaitsev. We also want to talk about Babcock being up for the Jack Adams. We've discussed it a little bit, but now we'll... Yeah, you kind were of, skeptical he was going to get it. Yeah, I, well, we'll discuss that. We'll discuss his chances of actually getting his first Jack Adams. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the Ottawa Senators... ...in the hijacked part of the Leaf Report. Uh, you have some questions about what's going on in Ottawa. at Leafs fans love hearing about the Senators... Yeah, well, I think they no, should. I like, know. I think they should. Like, This is a team they could potentially division compete rival. with, a division rival. I they don't... could play them in the first round next year, easily. Right, and they play them four or five times a year, yeah. so there's that. Uh, but let's start with Nikita Zaitsev. Seven years, $31.5 million, $4.5 million cap hit. Um, well, I don't get why they didn't give him eight years. Well, he wanted eight years. So did just he? Get,
1: well... Uh, he probably did. He probably did ask. Okay,
0: so we're going to get into that because there's lots of like little... We've discussed this a little bit on the podcast before. But we're going to get down into all the, the nitty gritty because there are so many fascinating aspects to it. I could only... I only have like seven-ish hundred words to use like on a story like that and i could have written like 1000 right. or 2000 oh well, what did i write like 1200 or 1300 yeah, or something yeah and there's there's and i s- still had more and then i did a second story about i saw the two stories yeah. right there's a lot to go through so let's just talk about one aspect of one of your stories on this is the uniqueness of the situation why is his situation so unique he's the it's the hardest position to find right now in the
1: nhl it's like they talk about left-handed pitchers in baseball that's what i think fans don't understand is that there's a huge scarcity of good right defensemen, the I looked it up and I looked at just right shot defensemen by points, and the only one the Leafs had in the top sixty-five in the NHL was Zaitsev. That's the only one they had in, out of the top sixty-five. Mm-hmm. Most teams had two, some had three in that top sixty-five. On average, a team would have more than two, like two point two. Leafs just had Zaitsev. Huh. Then the one they had at sixty-sixth, I think, was Roman Polak, who isn't under contract next year. So they don't have, and you look at the Marlies, and their right side is their weak side. They got Andrew yeah. Campbell, they got Justin Hole. They've got guys that really aren't, they don't have any up and coming prospects there. They, don't, they have no depth at right defense in the organization. Some people will say, well, why don't you just move Riley to right defense or something like that? I don't know that they want to do that permanently. Babcock really seems to want. I mean Riley played well on right D. That yeah. that is the only thing I think that maybe they could shift.
0: Okay, but there's another layer that makes this unique. It's the fact that he is an RFA who is about to be 26. Uh, he's played one year in the NHL. Has arbitration rights right away, right? Like so. That's and that's he another had thirty six
1: points, and he played over twenty two minutes a game, right? His arbitration case is very good. So I talked to some agents and some executives with other teams, and they're like, he'll get at least four million in arbitration with the kind of numbers that he has, even though he's only played one year. Because in arbitration, they really look at what they call the platform year, which is the hmm. year right before arbitration.
0: Hmm. Well, I looked at Cat Friendly uh, at the comparables. So the closest comparables, and these are not perfect, and I'll get into why. The closest comparables were John Klingberg, who signed for seven years. uh, Oscar Kleffbaum, wait, seven years. And Roman Yossi, who signed for seven years. The big, big, big honking red difference between those. (laughs) Klingberg was 22. Kleffbaum was 22. Yossi was 23. Another guy who signed a similar-ish deal and is kind of similar... Uh, was Matthias Eckholm who signed for six years at a three point seven million dollar cap. Hit. He's a great player too. He, he's a really good player. Nashville could win a cup because of that deal. He was twenty five, so that's similar ish, yes. but it's less money. I liked my Boshman Beauchemin comparison. Boshman's like an interesting comparison, but the the issue is he's going to be twenty six. Yeah, and actually, I wanted to get into this later, but I'll ask you now. Like, how much better can he get? Lou Lamorello's explanation when I asked him about this on that conference call. Was basically he's going to adjust further to the league and he's going to adjust further to the North American rank. And yeah. I think those are fair, but I don't know. I think Zaitsev got worn
1: down as the year went on. Mm-hmm. That was by far the most hockey he had played. He was not used to the travel schedule. I think that he said he'll be better prepared for that. Did you read that, that interview he did in the Russian interview? I didn't have a chance yet. I saw it. So I read the Russian interview with Zaitsev and he talked about where he can get better. And he said that the way he trained to play in the NHL was wrong. That essentially he trained to for a lot of uh, aerobic ability, like not to get tired, kind of like endurance. Yeah. And that wasn't what he needed to do. He needs to train more for power and um, you know just explosiveness and yeah. you know the short burst speed and stuff like that. The thing I don't like about Zaitsev is the way that. He's not very good at exiting the zone. Mm-hmm. He's not a very good... He's not a great puck mover. He's really good once he's in the offensive zone. He's a really good passer and a shooter. Mm-hmm. That's why I think if they can get him down to the second pairing and use him on an offense first pairing with Riley, that maybe that makes sense.
0: Well, so I think that's like kind of the big thing in this whole situation is you look at some of the defensive numbers, and they're not good. Mm-hmm. And part of that, like you have to factor in... He was on their top pair the whole year, basically, playing against top lines. First year in the NHL. And maybe maybe that's too much. Like, maybe he is not fit to play I'm that role. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. I it, mean, like, Riley's defensive
1: numbers aren't good either. And they're paying him $5 million a year. And no one's right. saying that Riley, they shouldn't keep Riley or, or whatever. Right. Like, you could give Riley a seven-year deal tomorrow and people would be fine with it.
0: But it exposes, and you touched on this in one of your stories, it exposes what they need. They need someone who can play on their top pair, and whether that's going to be with Gardner or whether that's going to be with Riley doesn't matter it doesn't matter they yeah. just need someone who can take those minutes from Zaitsev and give him like a little bit easier competition and the problem with that comes back to the thing we just talked about off the very very start is it's so hard to
1: find a right defenseman right so that's why that's why I wrote that piece because it's like people were having a hard time understanding why Zaitsev had so much leverage in this situation I think the Leafs okay but so I'm going
0: to push back on a couple of- yeah,
1: yeah yeah but I think the Leafs let me just put my case out there I think the Leafs they desperately need a really good right defenseman to take the next step. I think you agree with that. If 100%. they lose Zaitsev, if, if they either have to trade him or he goes back to Russia, which I admit is like probably unlikely, um, all of a sudden they need two right defensemen. Yep.
0: Okay, but just because you don't have doesn't mean signing a guy for seven years is justifiable. That was the explanation we got in some ways for them signing Dion Phaneuf for seven years and $49 right. million was, well, if we let him go, where are we going to find that defenseman? But He's his like contract started years. when
1: he was twenty nine.
0: 28, but whatever. Same thing. But the point is... like, No, because he was 29 that April. Okay. You shouldn't... Okay. You shouldn't sign a guy if your reason for signing him that long is, well, how are we going to replace him? Like, I just don't know that that makes sense. I don't think that's entirely the argument. That
1: ties in with the scarcity thing I'm talking about around the league. Like, if that's a position... Like, that's just a position you have to overpay for. That's just what it is. Sure. Right defense, you have to overpay for. That's that's why Niskanen got the crazy contract he got. And Niskanen's good. He is good, but a lot of people thought that contract was insane when the Capitals signed it. I think more people thought the Brooks-Orpik contract was crazy. People thought both of them were
0: insane. Yeah. Well, the Brooks-Orpik one doesn't look so great.
1: It's interesting. It was interesting looking at the right defensemen that have moved teams. P.K. Subban is one. Uh, Shattenkirk's obviously one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dougie Hamilton was another one. It's, you know, it's they have been traded.
0: Well, can you point out some of the guys you highlighted in your yes. story? Yes.
1: Uh, Justin Falk, Carolina. Uh, Chris Tanev, Vancouver. Uh, Travis Haminick, the Islanders. Um, uh, Josh Manson, yep.
0: Anaheim. Okay, so any of those guys, if you want to trade for them, you're going to have Truba, to give... Winnipeg. That's an interesting one. There were two more. I can't recall. But the point is like to get those guys you are going to have to give assets. And you contended that now is the time for them to do that. And I would agree. Like now is the time if, if you can give up a It sounds crazy, but and a
1: prospect. Well, but the, Some the, fans get really anxious and they're like, "Well, "We're building to the future well, I whatever, keep but it's these, like I keep, their future is probably this year." Well, and I keep They're probably they're they're in, they're in the present now. Like yes. they're they're good enough that they have a window opening right now. Well, I'm now. getting
0: tired of these Leafs are not going to deviate from the plan things. The plan... Like, this is... And I can't hear Lula Morello say that the five-year plan changes every day, and please don't ever use that quote in one of your stories. But it's now. Like, you have an opportunity I now... I think saw that as
1: a headline in some places. Yes,
0: it was. <laughs> the point is, like, you have an opportunity now with Matthews, Marner, and Neilander, drastically underpaid to take advantage while you can. And that's... One, two, two more years, right? Because yes. Nealander gets paid after next year, and yes. then Marner and Matthews get paid the year after that. Yes. So there's a chance now, and it's to problematic
1: win. how good Nealander was at the end of the year too. Because right. b- before, you and I were saying that okay, Matthews is going to get whatever 10, 11 million, Marner's going to get seven, and Nealander's going to get six or something. But now it's he like,
0: gets the same as Marner. Well, now he looks better than Marner. he might get more. Yeah. Right. Well, like if I was picking points for next year, I might pick. I, well, yeah. I mean, it seems like he's going to play with Matthews again. But so, like, we both agree that they should, if 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 it costs them a future now, they're at the point where it makes sense to do it. So, like, I, and then
1: you look at what can they give up of their future right now. So, I, I've been thinking a couple of things the last few weeks since the Leafs stopped playing. Babcock said Nylander's not going to play center. Which Let's is, take yeah. him at his word that that's what's going to happen. That means they're going to keep Bozak. That means I think they're going to keep JVR and Bozak potentially and Komarov because they feel like they've got a window here with those guys. And like, if you have a window where you can potentially win, you don't trade those guys. Whereas when I wrote in January they should trade JVR, they were in a different situation. I mean, it didn't
0: look like they were going to—I don't know. I well, but if JVR gets you help on defense, you make that trade. Yes, but, but I, don't I, don't know who, know I don't know that what, he does. I don't think he does.
1: Maybe to Anaheim for Manson. Like maybe Anaheim's in a situation where we're going to lose a D in the expansion draft. Maybe you can flip JVR in a pick, and that makes sense for them.
0: Well, I think the thing that makes sense most for a team like that is to trade a future that you don't have to protect. Because if they like, let's say Anaheim trades for James Van Riemsdyk, then he they have to protect him. Yeah, right. That's true. So like, if you trade a first round pick and a prospect to Anaheim for whoever, that's true. Then you don't. Then it costs you nothing. That's true. So that makes sense to me. That's where I think they can do something. And okay. then you can keep Van Riep's The
1: only one of the defensemen of the seven that I listed, and I forgot who two of them are, um, the only one I think that they could get just like for, just like a like say a first-round pick for that player is probably Tanev in Vancouver because yeah. the Canucks are going to rebuild. Yeah. He's 27 years old. And if that's the worst they can do this summer, I think that's pretty good. Well, it's an upgrade. It makes them better. Tenev is not a sexy player. He's very, very, very good defensively, which is what the Leafs need. Like, you look at his metrics, and at shot suppression, he is elite. He is one of
0: the best defensemen in the league. Everything
1: else, he's not. But that's what they need, and
0: that's one of the the stats that stuck out with Zaitsev. He was second worst on the team behind only Polak. But it's like it's... So, Riley has been an amazing shot producer
1: and poor at shot suppression since he's been in the league. I wonder, like, if you paired him with a 10F what would happen?
0: Or if you paired 10f with Gardner.
1: Yes. But I'm just thinking, like, Gardner has been okay at kind of the possession stats. Mm-hmm. I just wonder if that would create a really balanced oh, pair where Riley would generate the shot attempts, Tanev would prevent, and they would work together really really
0: but well. But I thought like it made more sense. I thought we what we saw from Riley playing lesser competition I see playing more offensive minutes yeah. made sense. Yeah. I see what you're saying. So, I
1: think you would have to do trial and error with try sure, it in the next yeah. So that would make well, sense the other but the other thing though is my counterpoint to that would be Riley Zaitsev didn't seem to work super well. So if you put Gardner with the. the yes, new, but it
0: didn't seem to work well when they were playing top lines. If so suddenly if Riley un- Zaitsev are playing second and third lines. Maybe. Yeah, that's fine. Right. So I think, like, they should really push
1: for Tanev because I think the Canucks are going to trade him. He's had injury problems. He's 28, I think, in December. Yeah. His contract is pretty reasonable. I think he's making 4.2 or something like that. Which is fine. And he's signed for another three years. So it's not like, I think it's three years. Um, it's not like you, I don't know. There's a lot of things about that that make sense. Can, is that enough to improve the D to the point where they can win? I don't know, but it makes them better. It puts another piece on their blue line. How many more years has he signed? Three yeah, more. three more years at 4.45. Chris Tannum's not a guy that gets talked about a lot. They love him in Vancouver. Um the injury history is a bit concerning. The fact he's gonna be twenty eight is I think okay.
0: Well but, but if that's your fallback option.
1: what like what other options do you like? I mean like I love guys like Truba, I think would be my number one choice. It would if, cost you more. Well he'll cost you Neilander, probably. He'll cost you don't you, do that. No. I'm not saying you do, do that. I I'm know. just saying that's like what they'll cost. Well so, but the other side of that is like I'm not sure why Winnipeg would trade him. Well, they have a lot of D. They don't have him. No, I know. They should. They should trade. Well, one he want he wants out. Tough. Yeah. And like this. That's, okay, so this brings me to another. But point. if he wants out and he's not going to stay with you long term, and he's going to lose him, at the end of this right, next deal. but he's not going to be forever. I mean, I like think I think he was in the league pretty early, so he might be UFA at twenty six. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just that you're just saying I'm just playing devil's advocate. Why yeah, might sure. they move him? Those are guys, all the guys I listed are guys that are potentially in play.
0: I would try to take advantage of one of those teams ahead of the expansion draft. That would be my plan. Yes.
1: So that's Dumba, Minnesota, or
0: Anaheim with Manson. Well, I like other defensemen in Minnesota better than Dumba, but.
1: They're not going to trade them,
0: though. Right. They're not going to trade Spurgeon.
1: Right. Who's the other right D there? Is Scandela right? No, because it's usually Scandella-Spurgeon
0: is the pick. No, it's Suter-Spurgeon. Let me look, quickly look it up. It's
1: Bro- Brodine's right is the other one, I think. Yes, he is. And
0: Brodine's good, too. I like Brodine. See, I think they would trade Brodine. I didn't mention him, but... Yeah, Scandella's a left. Brodine's a left. Dumba's the right. And they're not trading Spurgeon. So... They just need an upgrade. Like, that's the point. But um, the big kind of... I keep saying the big aspect of this. I don't know why. But one of the question marks about this contract for Zaitsev is seven years. Yes. Obviously. When you sign a player for seven years, the longest term they've given out so far. Do you not buy the idea that he'll just go back to the cage? I'm getting tired of this. This is agent spin to me. Clear agent spin. Because the agent goes to the Leafs and says, you know what? If you're not going to do seven, he'll go back to Russia. He's got offers on the no, table. No, I don't from think Russia that right was. Now. I don't think that's
1: what happened. I think that the only way they could get this is what I, I. I haven't talked to the agent. I don't know. Nor have I. I think that they asked for more money, and
0: the only way they could get the cap hit down to a number that made sense was adding more years. So say no. Yeah, Look, I don't. I just don't understand. You have leverage too. He's an RFA. He can't. He wants to play first thing in the NHL. Lambeau
1: said when he talked to the media was he had he was basically a UFA because he had options. But it's not
0: true. Sorry, it's not true. Well he did have options to so go make he, money. We know he wants to play in the NHL. So if you ever want to play if I'm if I'm Lou I say if you ever want to play in the NHL again, you take five years. And if you don't want that, see ya. So would you give him five years four point five? Sure. That would be like that's fine. I think And Lamarillo said like if we could have done six that pro- like he hinted that six would have been more preferable it, to them. What if
1: it was five by five? Is that better than seven by four point five? Probably. Because that's probably what they were looking at.
0: That's probably that's probably better. And the Leafs probably
1: thought you longer know, is You worse. know what? Yeah, but the Leafs probably thought, you know what? Well, we can disappear this deal. Like if look, so, let's say Zaitsev is was is he? he's turning twenty six. Let's say he's twenty nine or thirty years old. He mm-hmm. declines a little bit. The Leafs get better. They have cap problems. Will you be able to trade him at four point five? Or if you send him to the Marlies, is he going to go play for the Marlies and make four point five? Or is he going to go to Russia and make three million and have no tax? Yeah, I guess that's a possibility, that he just leaves. I think he would leave. I think if you dim- put him on waivers, he would be gone the next day, if no one claimed him. That's what happens with all those Russian guys. I mean, maybe well, it's agent spin, but... What if he doesn't? I mean, good work by the agent for like bringing that into the equation and
0: saying, you know what... He was on the radio the other day basically saying he'd offers from Russia. Like, that's all, that's all you well, say. Well, I'm sure he did have rosters right. Russia, and so Russia. Yeah. That, so He's the best that, Russian defenseman. That is your leverage. But this idea that the Leafs don't have leverage, too, is, is hogwash. Like, it's BS. They, he is an RFA. Like, if you want... He, we know this guy has been wanting to play in the NHL his whole life. Right. Has been waiting the for, like, the perfect time to come
1: over. The other thing that was interesting in the Russian interview is they said, so we know you don't really like Toronto the city that much. That was the question. That's it good. was like, I'm reading the translation, but that's basically what the question was. And Zaitsev said, Oh, well, you know, I was there and my family liked it and it was good for us or whatever. But mm-hmm. it, it, the idea that he loved Toronto apparently is not true. Like the city, in it living. Most Russian players really like Toronto because there's a lot of Russians here. And yeah. Zaitsev said something like, Yeah, you know, there's there's better places or something, but my family liked it there. So my headline
0: should have been Zaitsev hates Toronto, but staying anyway.
1: Uh, I mean, like I'm you're, just you're reading like a Google Translate of the interview. So I know. I don't want to blow it up to be a big, big deal, but I always thought he came to Toronto when he was like 20 years old and trained with Gary Roberts and spent a lot of time in the city. And I always thought, oh, he wants to play with the Leafs and loves the city,
0: and that's part of why they got him. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, one aspect like of the contract is the cost certainty that it brings them, and Lamorello brought this up, and I think it's a it's a fair point, like with the 4.5 number. Uh, the one thing I'm not sure is realized is Gardner's going to become a free agent in in two more seasons. (laughs) Feels like they just signed that contract. Feels like they just signed that. And that was a real bargain contract. But, like, it'll get to a point now, like, with Zaitsev and Riley... That's really interesting because
1: if Gardner stays as a top-pairing
0: guy... He's going to get six. Six and a half, I don't know. He would be worthy of it. But, so they have Riley and Zaitsev now, two top four D signed for nine and a half million for a while. That's good. And that helps when... Marner's up, when Neander's up, when Matthew's up, when they have to actually start I was surprised stuff. when I looked at where
1: 4.5 ranks on what D paid. Mm-hmm. It was like 55th. It was like 4.5 is a top pair number. Yep. So
0: it's, it's a lot of money. Well, but I guess the, the idea is you're not going to be paying, you're not paying Subban money to anyone. Yes. So instead of you're paying... You're not getting Subban Right, talent from anyone. Well, that's true. But like, so it's, you know, it's, you know what's
1: really killed the Leafs is that they don't have the kind of entry level contract defenseman that they have up front. Like, they haven't drafted anybody that right. can play in their top four. That's it. A lot of teams have, well, not a lot of teams. Some teams have like an entry. They either have a bargain free agent that's playing in their top four, or they have an entry level guy that's playing in their top four. The Leafs don't really have that. I mean, unless you count Hunwick. Hunwick is only making 1.2. And one of the guys Lamorello
0: mentioned without mentioning was Travis Dermott. Yes. He can be... If he can play in the NHL next year, he can be that There's no
1: question. He didn't say the name. He just said there's one defenseman in particular we're looking at the Marlies. There's no question
0: who that is. Yeah. If you watch the Marlies, it's Dermott. I thought Lamorello was stretching it a little bit when he compared Zaitsev to Brian Rafalski. And then... I did a radio thing Well, they love we had, Zaitsev Where we had Gary Roberts on Yeah He compared him to Chris Letang And I'm like, whoa, whoa what? Yeah He's not Chris Letang And the thing is, like, when you look he at didn't some even of play like Chris Letang No, I, I didn't see it But the thing is, when you look at some of Zaitsev's offensive numbers Like, I looked at his power play stats So I think he has, like I think he had 12 power play points Yes He had one primary assist on the power play Right so some so, of it like to me is just like him benefiting from being on the power play with like all these really talented players. Right. But in his
1: defense it functioned really well with him being sure. one of the guys Sure. He's, he's good at the point. Like yeah. he's a good decision maker, yes, and makes he makes good passes. Yes. That's his but. strength, I think, is he's very comfortable in those in that situation in the offensive zone. Sure. But like thirty six points It's comp- almost like they're miscasting him as like this guy that's playing all these tough minutes. Well they didn't have anyone else. That's true. That's true.
0: I just like wonder what his upside offensively is. Like thirty six points is like top forty. I think that's probably it. I do too. That's and that kind of brings us back to like the whole question. Like how much better can he get? I don't think it's going to be a huge. What, if he, 10% five, better. what if he has twenty five? if he has twenty five points next year? It's not. Out of I think the that's fine. Yeah, you, I guess you, so. You don't
1: like what's what's the difference? Like it's not like you need those ten points from your D No, I'm just
0: saying like in terms of the value of the cap hit. Yeah, if you have a guy who's. Playing 19 minutes, who was I think at minimum you had
1: to pay him at least four million. So like, how much are they going to be overpaying? Like the thing is, they're not getting they're not getting a a discount. He's not going to be a bargain, but I don't think he's going to be like a huge problem. I think he's about what he'll be
0: worth. Yeah, probably. he's
1: probably overpaid a little bit, but well, seven years.
0: Is there anything <laughs> else we should mention on this? This is no. We spent how long did we spend talking about that? Almost 23 minutes. Wow, that's good. There's lots of like little layers. go to in like say, 10 minutes. I was supposed to do a Babcock. Babsock's quote of the day. It was going to be from Lamar but we've already talked about it, so... It's all right. It's okay. Okay. So let's talk about Babcock. Uh, one of three Jack Adams finalists with John Tortorella, Todd McClellan. I told you, you McClellan. Told you me. did. I could see him winning. Where do you, So who do you think will win? I think Tortorella's
1: going to win. You I think that's the wrong decision. I do too. I think either McClellan or Babcock had a better year, and Tortorella was propped up by Bobrovsky having a Vesna. Trophy caliber winning season, mm-hmm. and we've talked about this before. I mean, the coach of the year is too often has the Vezina Trophy winner as his goalie.
0: Well, it's very telling that I think it's like four of the last six winners and three of the last four led the NHL no, in save percentage. No longer have
1: jobs as head coaches. It's because they don't. The award's not voted on properly. It's also very telling that Babcock hasn't won. How many times has he even been nominated? I think he's only been two nominated. other times. I was gonna say once.
0: So he came third once, and he came second once. Yeah, that sounds right. And was that in An- Anaheim? No. So he came second to uh, Bruce Boudreau when he first took over in Washington for that like half-ish season, right. and then the other time he came in third behind. It was like 2013-14. Oh yeah, like right there.
1: when he had all the was it all the
0: injuries? Yeah, it was all the right? injuries right? I think that's right. And I think he finished... Was Paul McClain... Oh, maybe he finished second in 2013-14 and third in the Boudreau year behind Boudreau and Geek Carboneau. That's right. So, so he was... Well, Boudreau had a
1: good year that year. I mean, I don't dispute that... It's like...
0: This is coaches awards, Coach of the Year awards in every sport. Like, Greg Popovich is the undisputed best coach in the NBA, and I think and he's won... wins it. <laughs> no, I think he's won twice. Yeah. And he's been coaching 20-some-odd years. Yeah. Like, he could just be the best coach every year. It's just like Babcock... The ammunition for him is he played seven rookies every single night in prominent roles. Like, he wasn't hiding them. Well, it's funny when the Leafs got Babcock and the team was
1: terrible and they were rebuilding and whatever, and people were like, how big of a difference can a coach make? And, like, there was a lot of skepticism about bringing him in, paying him all this money. And, like, and like right from, like, the first month of the season, you and I were both like, okay. Yeah. This is, like, the best coach that we have covered
0: well, and that was the argument against Randy Carlisle. People said, "Well, he doesn't have the players." Well, yeah, the the job of the coach is to make the players better, right. and you couldn't and pick, argue
1: pick optimal line, lineups, optimal
0: and, lineups, use players optimally, like Mikhail Grabowski. And was systems like systems
1: to, too, right? Like right. Randy's systems were so well, and you I can mean, see good for them him having, having an success effect, in Anaheim, but you but. can
0: see that they've had an effect. They went from the second best possession team to like eighteenth or something, right? There's something to that, right? So, I think he'll finish. Max, I don't know. Who the hell? He's knows? probably going to finish 3rd. Like, it's voted on by the broadcasters, I think. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. there Bab- I think Babcock has a really good chance a good argument that he should win. I would give it to Babcock or McClellan this year.
0: I did in my fake awards, I did Mike Sullivan. Which yeah. is like
1: well, I mean, you look at what they're doing in the playoffs without Crosby and and uh, Dave, I, was gonna, I was gonna say without Flurry, without Murray, without Latang. They have their they're, they're missing what?
0: their number one defenseman, their number one goalie, and their number one center.
1: I picked Washington in that series just because I didn't think without Latang they could get through. And Now it looks like they might get through without Crosby too,
0: which is they did it the whole year. They they had so many injuries it was insane. Latang missed half the year. It feels like they're gonna win again, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's like an interesting conversation. That would be my pick at this point. Like, yeah. unless Anaheim comes Nashville? back. Nashville? Nashville. Like, I don't know how long Pecorini can stay this hot, maybe. But that's teams. best, Pecorini is a good goalie. I, I I tried to write a story about this and then didn't have enough material. But teams don't repeat. Like, the last repeat winner, I think, was, it was Detroit, Detroit in yeah. like 97, 98 ish. Yes. It's two, hard. Yeah. Like, it's really hard to repeat. And yet, I look at the rest of the teams and, like, if they get through to the Eastern Conference Final, if they play New York, or they play Ottawa. I think they're beating that team, and then if it's Nashville or Edmonton or Anaheim, I don't know. It's yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see like an Anaheim or a Nashville
1: winning. I don't know about Edmonton. Edmonton, I don't
0: <laughs>
1: I don't know about that team. Um, what I was going to say is, uh, I, I want to write this at some point. So if I'm, I'm but. What this shows with Pittsburgh is depth matters. Yes. Backup goaltending matters. Yes. Backup goaltending matters. Like how he's been great. Look how many teams have won with their backup like Cam Ward came in and won for that for Carolina that year. Yeah. You know, backup goalies can win you a cup.
0: Can you imagine if they win a cup, he's the number one goalie and then they trade him? Or he's like exposed or whatever the hell I happens. I think that's gonna happen. Well obviously he'll be exposed. I think that's gonna happen. That'd be insane. He does have a no-movement clause, so... Yeah. Okay. Well, you wanted to talk about the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, I got about...
1: I got like two or three minutes. Okay. I'm, I'm My parking's going to run out. Okay, in so fire away. Build, in front of your building. Okay, so you went to Ottawa for games one and 2 mm-hmm. For Senators-Rangers. And that's like your first time this year being around the Senators. No, I was around them in oh, right. mid-March, too. Went, I went to there. talk to Boucher and Carlson. What's your general impression of the Senators... They were up to nothing in a series and played terribly in Game Three. And Game Four is tonight.
0: I think it's it's weird. Like at midseason, like you looked at the Senators and you said this isn't going to last. Like you can't keep getting outshot this badly. Keep depending on heroic goaltending and and get in. Craig Anderson is a good goalie. Craig Anderson is. I wrote a story about this. Craig Anderson is
1: elite. He's very good. Craig, Craig Anderson, Anderson Kirk, Colorado. Since... That year in Florida when he was a backup. If you
0: look since he joined the Senators in 2011, his first game was against the Leafs. He had a 47 save shutout. He's like sixth in the league in save percentage since that point. And he's a good goalie. He's a really really good goalie. What's weird about the Senators and we've texted about this? They feel like a little bit like the 2013 Leafs, but they have Eric Carlson, and that makes that makes a big difference. Instead of enough. And they have a better. And Craig Anderson is better than James Reimer, so. Those are two things. It it feels like with Ottawa that they could have this run, lose in the Eastern Conference final if they get lose that far, and then not make the playoffs next year. Like, this doesn't feel like a team that's like. Well, it's almost like they're, they're not- also better. Like, their depth is better. They improve their depth. They, right. they have good players. Mike Hoffman's a good player. Mark Stone's a good player. Yeah. Turris is a good player. Brassard, I didn't like that trade, but he's a good player. Yeah. Like, they're good. It's just like the strategy of Guy Boucher yeah. seems counterintuitive to where. The game is going. But, yeah, but maybe he needs to play that way.
1: Maybe he's the right coach for the talent level that that team has. and that, had, Like, the D they have is not... They other have than two Carlson. okay pairs. Yeah. Not great
0: pairs. Two okay pairs and one whatever. So this the interesting
1: thing with Ottawa is that... I mean, they spent pretty close to the cap this year. A lot of years they don't. A lot of years people say... Melnick isn't trying to win. He's just trying to make the playoffs and win a round or two and doesn't make enough of a commitment to be a cup contender.
0: Their attendance is a, a, was a big issue this year. Yeah. Well, Ian
1: Mendez at TSN wrote a really good piece about that, explaining that the Senators have been in the playoffs 16 of the last 20 years. They've had a lot of success. They went to the final 10 years ago and came up short. The fans there have been kind of spoiled. It's mm-hmm. not a very big city. It's not a very wealthy city. The building is in a terrible location. Well, when you the do, the building ask- is too big. I've yeah. I've been there as a fan and sat. I think I sat in the last row for a game as a fan like ten years ago. Mm-hmm. The view is terrible in the like those top end seats that were empty for some of these games. The view is terrible. From those, those like behind the net at
0: the back. Well, and those would have a minimum like ninety bucks. Yeah, they were eighty-seven dollars or something like that. That's a lot. And then they jacked up the prices for parking from twenty to thirty dollars. Oh, did they? Like that's and a then, that's and you, a dick and you have move. to go out there to park. Right, so that's a dick move. Yeah. Like I took when I went, it was
1: February, and we took a bus from downtown, and it was it was awful. It was yeah. like minus twenty. Well, and that's why there's like this appetite to build a new yeah. rink. Yeah, and it, they've they've been in that building for twenty years, so I can certainly see that. I mean. So all these folks on Twitter are after me saying I hate the Senators or whatever, and it's, I don't hate the Senators. I just think they're kind of like an average team. And Anderson's played really well, and Carlson's a really good defenseman.
0: Well, you know what it speaks to? It speaks to what your organizational goals are. Is this a team that's going to win a cup this year? No. Is this a team that's going to win a cup anytime in the next five years based on what they're doing? No. So like, they're the what, second oldest team in the NHL. So what are you doing? Like, and that's fine. Like if you like, if, there's nothing wrong. Like look at the Toronto Raptors. There's nothing wrong with just being like a good team. They're not. There is something wrong with it. Well, there is something wrong with what the Raptors are doing because
1: the goal is to win.
0: Well, that—that's my contention. What's I the agree percentage with that? chance
1: that the Raptors have to win a title? Zero. Pretty much. I mean it's like if LeBron But so like maybe you just
0: convince yourself that we just want to be a good team, we'll get in the playoffs in year. I that's don't know. Not like what it that's is. not why I'd build my team and that's why like if I was an Ottawa Senators fan, I would be like, Well, okay. this is nice, but like what are we what are we going towards? I'm like, glad you said it because and, that's what the way I feel. And uh, um, Eric Carlson is gonna become a free agent, I think, in two years. And if he leaves, good luck. Like well, you you're trade the second,
1: you're the second oldest team. Like a lot of these guys aren't gonna be getting better. Well, you
0: traded twenty one or twenty two year old Mika Zvanajad. Yeah. So that's it's just it's, it's just like kind of fool's gold in that like you're yeah, like you're winning some games this year. And if you look at Boucher's record in Tampa and he would say he's a different coach now, but like they went to the Eastern Conference final their first year. And then I believe they missed the playoffs the next year. And yeah. then he was fired the year after that. And uh, I it wouldn't be surprised. The players got really
1: tired of him. Wouldn't be surprised if that in happens. Tampa.
0: Okay, he's done a. Good job. He's taken them this far. I think he's far.
1: very, very intense. And I think that sometimes that can wear on guests. The
0: sense I got is he's tried to dial that back. Yeah. And like one of the things he told me when I got to interview him was that he's tried in this situation just to delegate more responsibility to his assistants. he sometimes he's got Mark Crawford there. He's got Mark like Crawford. He's a super nice guy. He wanted, that was a guy he coached against in Switzerland. Good cop, bad cop. He doesn't go out on the ice all the time for morning skates. Like little things he can do just to not be so all-encompassing. Right. So.
1: Because he was just climbing up everybody's ass in Tampa, and they were yes. like, "This I've had enough of this guy." Right. So anyway, you got to go. I think you're right. I think that's exactly the way I feel about Ottawa. I don't dislike. I'm not a Senators hater. I like I like the city. I go there with my family, and we see it and whatever. And it'd be good for that team to have success. I would actually like them to have more stable ownership. And- they just
0: feel like what the Leafs are doing, and kind of like. The Raptors are better but like I wonder as a Raptor fan I'm like what is this like what is the point of this? You know it's like, interesting to no? keep
1: this together. Ottawa probably has a better chance of winning a championship than the Raptors just oh, because the NHL percent.
0: the NHL is so much different. The Raptors would get swept by Golden State if Like they Ottawa has
1: I don't know what the chances are. I haven't looked at Dom uh thing but the Ottawa probably has a 10% chance to win the cup right now. I mean they're not it's not likely they're going to win but they're it's possible 10 wins away from the cup right now. The league is so even and so wide open that, like, you look at a team like Pittsburgh. It's like they lose Latang. It's like that's probably enough to knock them down. But I don't know. That's it anyway. But it just It does feel like it, what, what Ottawa has to have is some of those prospects they've got coming, like Colin White, have to be really good. Yeah, that's what they need.
0: Well, and don't trade Zibanejad, who's five years younger than Bouchard. Like right. th- those little moves hurt you long term yeah.
1: So. yeah one two years later then he's uh, he's, he's old and savannahjan's gotten better mm-hmm. so yeah
0: all right well that was the leaf report podcast we will be back at some point at an undetermined
1: I gotta run. I hope I don't get a time party. and location I hope we I don't get a party ticket
0: podcast is brought to you as always by Babsox visit babsocks.ca thanks That's me. thanks for tuning in to the leaf report follow the guys on Twitter at Jonas Siegel and at Myrtle